0: Live from Orlando, Florida, you're listening to the Orlando Magic HQ podcast, the voice of Magic fans. Join us every week for a unique fan perspective on all of the latest Magic news and updates. The show starts now what's up magic fans welcome back to another episode of the orlando magic hq podcast brought to you by belly up sports podcast network we are your host al myself anthony today is may 26th and we're we're almost at the nba finals we we, we already got we already got the the lakers that they got swept it feels good to see the lakers get swept internally yes. man. it, it feels it feels good inside to see that happening we got lebron james talking about retirement like it's everything's good over here on, on the East Coast, and then we got you know, hopefully, the Miami Heat can finally just knock out these Boston Celtics so that you know we can kind of move this finals along and then we get a little bit closer to the NBA draft, which is what everyone here in Orlando is, is the most excited about. And in today's episode, um, not a whole lot of Orlando Magic basketball talk going on, um, but. Man, we got some national media marketing, man. We got our our boy, Paolo Bancaro, Rookie of the Year, Paolo Bancaro, on the cover of Slam Magazine. We're going to talk a little bit about our thoughts on on his cover. Um, and then we're going to talk a little bit about the draft and some crazy ESPN trade ideas that we saw today. That's, that's It doesn't make sense, man. This is what happens when all you guys want, Orlando Magic, to be more and more in the media, we get crazy stuff that end up popping up that nobody in Orlando agrees with. Um, But before we get into that, Denver Nuggets, man, they're in the NBA Finals. Uh, Nikola Jokic, Aaron Gordon, Jamal Murray, they finally made it past that hump. Let me ask you, Aaron Gordon making it to the NBA Finals. Are you rooting for him? Are you rooting for a magic, a former magic player like Aaron Gordon, drafted by the Magic to win in the finals? Do you care? Are you indifferent? What does it mean to you? It's uh it's
1: complicated. Um, so obviously we know we know how we feel about
0: Facebook relationship status, it's complicated.
1: Exactly. So it's like, man, I want to root for him. And here's my situation. If the Heat make it to the finals, obviously I want AG to win. Like I I I don't want to see the Heat winning in a ring. However, if the Celtics make it to the finals, I wouldn't mind the, fin- the Celtics winning it all and just A.G.s and get his ring. That's kind of where I'm sitting at. And the reasoning behind it is, we know the way that he left Orlando, man. It wasn't the best way. The shots that he Sour. took at the city of Orlando.
0: Yeah. Terrible.
1: Now, at the same time, though, this is his role. This is what we always needed to, to, to see AG as a fourth or fifth option, be a defender first, the offensive guy second, Um, so I kind of blame our front office in a way for the way that things ended because all along we knew we needed more offensive power, put a G in a defensive player role. And that's what he was going to excel at. We never allowed him to, to play in that role. So in a way, I also have this kind of part of me that's kind of ready for him in a way, just because I know that had we used him properly in Orlando, maybe things had ended differently. Um, but yeah, I'm still going back to the same thing. If the Celtics end up making a huge comeback, historic comeback, and they make it to the NBA Finals, I'll be rooting for the Celtics. If the Heat make it, I'll be rooting for A.G. and the Nuggets. What about you?
0: I hate the fact that, you know, I hate the Miami Heat. With how great of a story, you know, Jimmy Butler and, and them being almost eliminated in playing, and then for them to make it all the way as far as they have damn near at the NBA Finals, it's an awesome basketball story. It is. With that being said, internally, I just can't. I just can't get myself there. Like, I can't. I can't see myself rooting for the Miami Heat. You know, I can't see myself rooting for the Lakers in any capacity. I can't see myself rooting for the Boston Celtics in any capacity. I just can't do it. I can't do it naturally. My my body, my mind, my soul won't allow me to do it. Um, As far as Aaron Gordon, the Denver Nuggets, I don't know, man. Dan, Aaron Gordon left in such a sour no. It's, it's hard to root for him. Um, you know, recently he made some comments and I don't even remember exactly what he said, but he said it along the lines of, you know, I'm happy to be able to play for an organization that does this, right? It's like a, like a backhanded slap It's a compliment to the nuggets and backhanded slap to, to a magic organization that wanted to give you the keys, man, wanted you to be the face of the franchise, wanting you to be the, the number one, number two option and just didn't work out. He's finding a lot of success for the Denver Nuggets because he's not the first or second or or third option. Exactly. You know, the the team is riding heavy on Jokic and Jamal Murray and MPJ. You know, Aaron Gordon, he can have a really bad game and they're going to be all right. They're going to be good. They're not relying on you the same way that we relied on you. Um, With that being said you know if 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 it happens i'm not going to be like if he wins the finals you know good for you man enjoy yeah. enjoy your ring it doesn't it, it 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 doesn't i would rather root for Aaron Gordon than root for the Miami Heat Boston Celtics you know what i mean so you know, close to him um it is what it is and you know it's it's indifferent i'm indifferent about it no matter how sour it was that he left i'm indifferent good for you Two completely different players, in my in my opinion. They're utilizing him the way that Aaron Gordon should have been utilized from the very beginning, and 100%. they were able to figure it out. Um, And it and it showed. He's been playing well, and he's a big piece of what they're doing.
1: Yeah, I will tell you why. He earned a piece of my heart again when he blocked LeBron in the, in the last layup attempt there when they were trying to keep, keep it going and win one game at least the Lakers. So him doing that, I got some love back for AG just for that reason. You know how... <laughs> How much I love LeBron James, right? So, the fact that he did that, right. he swept LeBron, and of course we got a narrative now is saying that he's going to retire. He doesn't want to talk to me. He got swept. Stop
0: Stop Come it. on, man. It's I funny. I, can, I can't bit. remember who it was that that called him out on it. Um, I don't, I don't remember where it was. Maybe it was everyone has. Man. I don't know, but they they hit it right on the head. It's crazy how nobody is talking about this man getting swept, but they're talking about his retirement and it's it's all it's all media it's all marketing he's a genius yep. at what he does kudos to him because no one's talking about it um but let's be serious like, let's be serious for a moment we're getting off track but i think it's it's important to to have this conversation um there's no way that this man who is all about himself in 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 the form of popularity being out on cameras having the intention on him the guy came out with the decision for crying out loud you mean to tell me that he's not going to want to have his level, his version of, you know, a farewell tour? Like you, you mean to tell me the LeBron James is not going to want to do that? I, I call shenanigans. Just there's no way. I no do way. think that it would be absolutely corny of him to do it in the Laker uniform. There's no way that you can have a farewell tour in the Laker uniform. I, I, will, I would even consider that borderline disrespectful. Um, so the question is. You know how much time does he really have with the Lakers, and I, I, it's it's hard for me to see him go anywhere else, just for the simple fact that you know his, his youngest son just left Sierra Canyon to go play for, you know, another school in California, and then you got you know Bronny James that is you know committed to USC. So I don't know, man. I think this this whole um oh, I'm, I'm I'm thinking about contemplating retirement. Shut up! No, you're not. He's controlling you
1: know, the narrative for us what, what he's doing. doing and uh, we now saw some rumors about him being traded to the Warriors. You saw that?
0: that? But that wasn't that wasn't really a rumor. That was more of a, a, a trade suggestion.
1: Well, it's been rumored for a while because I guess he's mentioned multiple times that like if there's one guy he wants to play with as a teammate, it's Steph Curry. Which that would be, I mean, LeBron's old now, then not the same that he would have been years ago. But, bro, that, that would not land well with me. I do not want to see Curry help LeBron get his fifth ring. That's not how it goes. It should be Curry passing him. That, that's the way it's got to go. So I think that won't happen. I do not think he will retire. I think he's just doing this for attention and just to control the narrative once again and, and get everyone's attention out of the fact that he got swept. Um, and to your point, I think he does end up retiring with the Lakers. I think maybe in two years. Um, I think he plays out next year for sure. After that, we know he wants to play with Bronny in the NBA, so I don't know how that's going to work out.
0: But I, uh, I heard I heard something about him wanting to play with Bronny, but Bronny not necessarily wanting to play with him.
1: I, I wouldn't blame him, man. Like, who wants this freaking diva as uh, uh, your teammate?
0: I wouldn't yeah, blame I feel, him. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like maybe, maybe that would have been a great storyline for you know, a player that wasn't projected to go in the lottery. Cause originally when Bronny's name and NBA started connecting, it was more of a late first round, maybe early second round. But now he's, he's gotten to a point where he could be a legitimate lottery or he is right now projected to be a legitimate lottery player. And if you're a legitimate lottery player, I mean, you're not 18, 18, 19 years old. You're not, you're not thinking about playing with your dad, especially like, the LeBron James, you know what, you know what I mean? Like, why why would you want to put that on yourself and be associated, you know, in that capacity? So I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's again, it's all controlling the narrative, and he's doing a great job with it. And yeah, he is. got he got us talking about it. Sound <laughs> like a bunch of LeBron haters over here.
1: <laughs> that's enough, though. Ten minutes in magic that's talk. It, let's that's do it. it.
0: That's <laughs> it. All right. So let's let's talk about Paula Carroll So Paula Carroll my man. Is on the cover of Slam magazine. This is the Bible of basketball. This is iconic. This is if you're anybody, you're on the cover. I I absolutely love 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 the fact that Paulin Carroll is gaining so much attention in this capacity um, because we really haven't seen a Magic player on the cover since Dwight Howard. Aaron Gordon was on a slam magazine cover, but he wasn't there by himself. He was there with other the rookies, but the last one was Dwight Howard and it wasn't even Dwight Howard by himself. They, they had a, like a, like a dual issue cover where some covers for that issue was of Dwight Howard and some other covers were of LeBron James. So the fact that it's, it's Paolo, it's, it's him. It's exciting, man. I'm excited. When I saw it, I'm like, yes, hell Yes. And then um, he he's obviously marketing his his new, um, you know, his new sponsorship with Oakley, which is absolutely dope. Mm -hmm. Um, And the photo shoot, I'll be honest with you, man, it's it's a little um, it surprises me a little bit. You know, I like I like the feel. I like the uh, the 2000 era feel that we got from it. But I'm a I'm a little I'm questioning the uh, the bell bottoms. The big yeah. heavy bell bombs. They're giving me a lot of Missy Elliott vibes. Uh, I'll be <laughs> honest with you. But I don't, I don't know. I love everything about it. The fact that he's rocking an Orlando Magic jersey with his P5 chain, Oakley on the head, like everything's looking amazing, great, super hyped. And then we, <laughs> we see we see him wear some some Jalen Green type pants. And I'm just like, uh I don't, I don't know. I'm not a fan of it. So you what, say, what was your... what's that? You yeah, Jalen Green? <laughs> yeah, Green. It looks like something Jalen Green will wear. It's something Jalen Green does. will wear. It's something Kyle Kuzma will wear. Is not yep. the Kyle Kuzma Jalen Green spectrum of, you know, clothes like James hard James Harden. I'll put James Harden in that category. Russell Westbrook. It's like way way out there. But I mean, my man rocked it with with confidence, man. And and you know, he uh, sure was, did i'll go i'll go with it but i don't i don't know man i wasn't i wasn't a fan so what were your thoughts when you first saw it
1: dude i I was freaking excited so i I was in the middle of my work day when i got notification from the magic um and i'm like my first thought was like when was the last time we had a magic player on this so of course the dwight days came back um but it's it's kind of a an eye-opener for us hey man we have a star in our team for the first time in a long long time for a player of your team to be in the in the you know, the cover of Slam Magazine, that means something. Um, to your point, for him to be by himself in the cover means something. So that was refreshing to see. It was exciting um, up until the point that they show the full picture, to your point, with, a, with the bell-bottom pants. And I'm like, wait, what is going on here? Doesn't seem like a style that Paulo would wear based on what I've seen him wear and things like that. So that kind of caught me off guard a little bit. It was between that or the Seattle jersey. I don't know if you saw that picture, too. Seattle jersey. No, I missed it. Yeah. So there was one picture he took with like a a Seattle uh, jersey on and it got a few Magic fans talking about like, man, here we go. I don't like that. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So my follow up question to you on all this was what's worse, the bell bottom pants or the Seattle jersey picture? On this magazine, like he's been featured as the rookie of the year, the magic.
0: Yeah, you see, you see, why couldn't it have been that he rocked the Seattle jersey with the bell bottom pants? Why, why gotta be the bell bottom great. pants with the Orlando Magic jersey? That's that's my thing. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't like, I, I get, I get my man is, is, is a Seattle diehard. He, he rides for his city, which is something that you know, he should be very proud of because Seattle is a very, prideful town, especially when it comes to basketball but we all know that the consensus across the united states from a fan perspective is that people feel seattle supersonics should come back mm-hmm. that they they feel like that city deserves a basketball team and if i'm being honest i have the core feeling in my heart that eventually that is going to happen in some point in some capacity yep and if it does happen i have some serious concerns about Palo Carroll in the future. Now, keep in mind that we're bird rights and and everything on the contract sides, we we have everything in our favor to be able to pay Palo Carroll the most amount of money. If there's one thing that we absolutely know, and this is one of those like um uh, unwritten rules, is as a rookie, if you're if you're a big dog and you're expected to make money, you don't you don't opt out of your first or second contract. It's just something that you don't do. An mm-hmm. example is Zion Williamson. That man should have been left New Orleans uh, a long time ago, and he's not doing it. Somehow, when it comes to contract time, my man's in shape. He's ready to. He's ready to play. Injury. He's coming off of it. He's making sure he signed that that massive contract and there's guaranteed money. And then once you get the guarantee, once you you seal that contract down, that money you know you can always request a trade later on. Um, but my fear is. know it it would not make sense that the seattle prodigy will find a way back on the seattle supersonics knock on wood if that team does come back so we want to make sure that we do everything in our power to veto that make sure that team that town does not get you know the sonics back until after paulo retires yeah i think
1: we 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 have paulo here for at least in my mind seven eight years at the very least right that's that's the to your point that's when the contracts and the max money can be earned so Nothing to worry about for now, but yeah, I just not something that you want to see. And I I text you the pictures, so you could see it. Uh, not something you want to see your star player rocking at different cities, jersey hoodie, whatever it may be. Um, just because like to your point, Seattle is coming back at some point to the NBA. We know he loves his hometown, uh, but we also love him here and want him to stay here for a long, long time. So,
0: yep, nope, I don't yep. like it. Nope, <laughs> nope, nope. nope, nope. <laughs> not a not a fan not a fan. So now, with with this being said, you know is is this is this the start of Paulo really jumping into the stardom? Like we we've already he's the face of the franchise. Mm-hmm. He has that, you know. It's it's number one pick. You know, historic first year. Uh, and he's he's commented like in, in some of the quotes that he has. Um, you know recently is that he's he's watching the team's play in the playoffs and he's envisioning him and in, in his team. It doesn't feel right that we're not there mm-hmm. and he's making that commitment already like we're we're talking about sophomore year, there's a hunger, there's an eagerness to to make sure that the team is going to be there and my man is big enough to where he is gonna make sure that that happens. He's strong enough to where. Once that maturity kind of kicks in and he's no longer in his rookie season, it's all about. And I think that we we can take a lot from the Miami Heat. It's all it's 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 a star driven league, you know. It's one player that can completely change a franchise. We see what Jimmy Butler has been able to do in carrying the Miami Heat. You know, this is a caliber that you know. I hope that Paulo is able to bring you know, to, to the magic. So we'll see.
1: Yeah. But to your point, I do think it's a start of something. I think it's a start of, of him getting the national attention. Of course, he won rookie of the year. That automatically gets you that, the national attention that that he deserves and didn't get last year. But I think next year, if, uh, if one B doesn't pan out as who people think he's going to be and Paulo continues in this trajectory of like putting up historic numbers, I think that's when the league's going to really be put on notice. Like, Hey, this kid, you guys ignore him for a year He's here, and he's going to make a big impact on the Orlando Magic. So that's going to be a huge year for him next season for him, and he needs to continue this level of play. Um, and when those games against the Spurs take plays, he's got to shine, man, because I think that's going to be an eye-opener for ESPN and all these people that just completely ignored his rookie season just because they were drooling over this dude in France playing against some random dudes.
0: Yeah, and, and now that you you brought up Wemby, it only took you a few minutes to do that in this episode. Since you brought up Wemby, and we're talking about Paolo, you know, I was on social media today, and you know, something that I saw come across my my news feed is ESPN came out with these ridiculous trades, the hypothetical trades that teams would do that would convince the San Antonio Spurs to trade Wembenyama, and they had a whole bunch of different teams, different hypothetical trades. I'm not going to go through every one, but the one that I will touch base on is the one that has the San Antonio and the Orlando Magic. And it has the 2023 number one pick, Victor Wembanyama, Banyama, going to the Magic for Paolo Bancaro, Jalen Suggs, and two future first round picks. I don't understand the logic that goes behind any of this when mock trades are, are created. Like, to me, this is just a, let me just throw it out there to be able to get clicks and get people pissed off. Because why in the hell would the Magic ever consider doing this? There's no way. I don't care how many people say that Wimbanyama is generational. What makes you think that Paolo Bancaro could not be generational when he's already having historic performances his rookie year? Like, I don't, I wish I, I can see the same things that people see in regards to women, Yama. I really do. Because when I look at him, I look at us still not knowing. I see, I see the same highlight clips that everyone sees, but I'm not, I'm not 100% sure. You can be the best basketball player in the world, but if you can't stay healthy and you don't have a body that looks like you can stay healthy, I don't have that confidence. Like, there's no one. There's I, there's nobody out there, in my opinion, that would say, "Hey, I'm willing to bet a million dollars," stating that he is going to have the healthiest career, because it's not a safe bet. It's a risky, risky bet. And I don't know, man. I don't. I don't. I don't. Is is Nyama, Let's say that he is what he is. Is he worth Paolo, Jalen, and two first rounds? If he is what he is. And what people are expecting for him to be?
1: I mean, personally for myself, no, he's not. Just because we haven't seen him play in the NBA. So he can look amazing out there in France uh, playing against dudes that are not in the NBA, are not playing in college right now. So I don't have a comparison to say like, man, this dude looks incredible playing against G-leaguers at that. Like it's a league in France that is not a top league in the world. I mean, I know they have talent out there, but it's not one of the most talented leagues in the world. Um, so with that being said, why would I trade, you know, the number one pick that just put up, put up historic numbers, a guy in Jalen and sucks that we know his injuries have costed him, um, more, I guess, awards in the NBA or more recognition in the NBA because he hasn't been healthy, but when he has played and been healthy, he's shown great flashes of what he can be in this league. So you're going to trade the first pick in the draft. You're going to trade a prospect that has up and coming potential and two first round picks for a dude that has never played in the NBA. I understand the potential. I understand the hype. I understand the media attention. That's not enough for me to say, let me give up two great prospects and two possibly, possibly future prospects for a guy that has haven't seen play in the NBA a single minute. It, it's not going to happen.
0: It, it, it doesn't make sense. And, and obviously I'm not, we're not the only ones that feel this way when I post it on social media, there's a, uh, a a loud, loud presence of Magic fan base that are saying these people are crazy. So I'm glad that we're all on the same page and we can kind of say that, that it's, it's it's ridiculous and Paulo Banquero deserves to have a little more respect and value to his name because the way that they're throwing him around and willing to trade like, like, I don't know, if you're gonna create something like that, I mean, maybe, maybe Paolo and maybe another first. Like maybe that sounds like a more realistic comparison, but I still wouldn't do that. Like and what and why? Why would you do that? But it's funny, there's some
1: there's some front office people supposedly that have said that Wemby is the most valuable asset in the NBA right now. Dude has not even played the NBA one game, one single minute. They've been covering
0: this man for over a year already from an NBA perspective. It's, it's insane. Paolo Carroll has to by far go down as one of the most disrespected number one picks in the history of the NBA that doesn't deserve to be disrespected.
1: I mean, I'll ask you this question. If you were offered for the same package, or let's say Paolo in a, in a first, let's just say that, and Dallas calls you and says, hey, we'll give you Luka for that. Or Boston calls you and tells you, hey, I'll give you Tatum for that. Or, heck, Denver calls you and says, hey, we'll give you Jokic for that. You're telling me that you're going to choose the kid from France, uh, France hasn't played a single minute in the NBA, over Jokic, Luka, or Tatum, because he's the most valuable asset in the NBA right now, supposedly, according to some random executives in the NBA. Heck no. If I'm running the magic and somebody calls me and I'm really willing to, con- to entertain that offer, those are three guys I would definitely consider taking over Wemby right away. What about you?
0: I'm I'm looking forward to the first matchup between Paolo and Wembanyama. And I almost feel bad for Victor Wembanyama because literally every single game, these players are gonna come after him so hard because of the amount of attention and because of the amount of of generational conversations that are happening. I think that his first rookie year every single team is going to look to give him his rookie. Welcome to the NBA moment. Mm -hmm. Every single team, every main player is going to look for that. The Jimmy's the Kevin Durant's the Nikola Jokic, the Lucas, like they're going to come after him hard. In my opinion, like what's, what's that matchup? Like, what is he going to, what is he going to do against a player like Giannis?
1: (laughs) That's going to be fun to watch. (laughs)
0: I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I wish I, I wish I understood the hype. And, and that's, that's the thing about today's NBA. Like people get so caught up in, in the unicorns and, uh, and, oh man, he's seven foot four, seven foot five. And he can handle the ball like a guard and he can do this and he can do that. He can shoot from the three point line and, and grab his own rebound and put back. And like, man, Paulo Carroll came into the NBA with an NBA ready body. 6 foot 10 250 pounds can handle the ball can drive can shoot like no no nothing no nothing nope that that's the kind of, that's that's the kind of stuff that you know it, it gets frustrating just because he didn't have now one national media game now one zero he had one and they took it away because of Chet Holmgren. yep <laughs>
1: this is
0: frustrating. frustrating it's frustrating but the Magic aren't in a great position. We don't need a trade for a Victor Wembanyama. Yeah, we we didn't we didn't win the lottery, right? Not a big deal. We won the Vic, we won the lottery last year. We got Paolo Bancaro. epic, epic, epic rookie. And this year we're gonna get the sixth pick, and we're gonna get the eleventh pick. A lot of things to be excited for. But that's not the only way that the Magic can improve their roster. One of the ways that we keep seeing. Is through free agency and the magic will have money to spend. The player that we see continuously pop up in conversations is Los Angeles Lakers guard, Austin Reeves. Hmm. Now the big debate with Austin Reeves is that he's able to flourish in the Lakers system because he's not getting all the attention due to playing next to LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Not a lot of people have the confidence that he's going to be able to translate that to any other team. So my question to you is, Austin Reeves, the magic are, are if there's if there's a hole, there's an opportunity to get better. And if we're talking about a specific position, we're talking about the shooting guard position. Mm-hmm. We want that to be Jalen Suggs, but we have concerns with his consistency in the shooting. Is Austin Reeves a player that you would go after? Realistically, let's let's be honest.
1: So there's some skill that he has that make me think, like, man, like maybe kid can shoot it. He plays really, really hard. He's got this uh basketball IQ that a guy like Mo Bamba, for whatever reason, could never pick up. The basics of basketball, like he can never pick that up. Austin Reeves has that, like he's got that IQ, he plays hard, he can shoot it well. He's got a high energy. I, I like all those things about him. However, I am not going to pay this man $80, $90, 70000000 million because he played well for three months for the Lakers, five months, whatever it was. Um, to your point, the hype comes from the fact that he is playing next to LeBron James. Um, if he was playing for the New Orleans Pelicans, I don't think we would know who he is. I wouldn't think we would care much about who he is. But the fact that he was always on ESPN... He was always next to LeBron James. He was always being brought up as this next guy that... People were even saying that he was the second best player in the Lakers at one point. That's how crazy things got. So, with that being said, no. I would so much rather draft a guy like Grady Dick with a six pick. And he can do the same. He can shoot. He can play well. That would be my decision. What about you? Would you consider paying him all that money?
0: I would consider him money. I don't know if I would pay him what they're rejecting in uh, from what we saw the what was it that the Lakers are able to offer him a four-year 50 mil I think around that that price point so as a restricted free agent if you're really trying to steal him away from LA you know you're gonna have to be able to up that that bounty a little bit more so you're looking at what maybe 70 80 around that around that range like yeah here, here's the thing with with Austin Reeves He had a hell of a postseason, and now he's going to get paid. There's going to be a team out there that is going to be willing to pay him. And for the Magic, we have money to spend. Um, You're you're talking about a player that, based off of three point four three point attempts, shooting at almost forty percent. He could do. He can bring a lot of help that the Magic need. The Magic need help with shooting. He can help in those regards. At the same time, free agency starts June thirtieth. The NBA draft is June twenty second. I don't want to hear an Austin Reeves' conversation until we see who it is that we end up drafting. Because you're right. Mm-hmm. If we end up drafting a, a Grady Dick, then why the hell would we go after an Austin Reeves? It doesn't. It doesn't make sense. So it, it really just depends on on the the dynamic. If you end up going with a Cam Whitmore, Taylor Hendricks, like, it, you know, there, there's no space for our, there. There wouldn't be. It, then you go after a player like But you got Hawkins, you got Grady Dick. You got this is this is a draft that you can find yourself a wing player. You don't have to find a wing player in free agency. If you need a solid wing player that can shoot, there's a a list of options they can get from this draft. Now, with the draft being so close, we're literally, man, less than a month away before the draft gets here, June 22nd. There's going to be a lot of solid players available for us at the 6-11 range. And a lot of the things that we're hearing right now is the Thompson Twins. Kevin O'Connor from the Ringer has the Thompson Twins flipped. Eamon is is falling in the draft. Asar is rising, and he has them flipped right now. A lot of of the different drafts have Asar going to the Orlando Magic. But there's still a lot of really, really solid players. We're able to see um, recently a lot of these workouts that these players are having. You know, Cam Whitmore is looking like an athletic monster out there. Grady Dick had a really, really great showing. Um, Taylor Hendricks, we, we know what he's able to bring from an athletic standpoint, rim protection, shooting. There's a lot of things to like there. Cam Whitmore, Sarah Thompson, Taylor Hendricks, Grady Dick. Who is it right now, this very moment, with the sixth pick that you're looking at and saying, that's the guy?
1: Man, it's, it's a tough choice. Um, I actually spent a few minutes this afternoon, maybe a couple, hour and a half or so, watching tape on these guys. So I was a little more prepared for this conversation that we're having tonight. Um, and I got to tell you, if I had to rank it right now, so May 26th, who I would go with, I'm going to rank it this way. I think Cam Whitmore, to me, is my favorite prospect at number six right now, if he falls to us. Taylor Hendricks and Grady Dick are right there. I can't make up my mind. But for some reason, Azar Thompson, to me, just uh, watching tape today, a few concerns with him. Uh, The competition that he was facing wasn't up to par. If you watch tape on him, it looks like an all-star game. Those dudes are just running up and down, throwing dunks and alley-oops and shooting threes. There's no structure to those games. I'm afraid that what we saw isn't what's going to happen in the NBA for him. So I would rather go a little more of a safer route with the pick and go again, probably Cam Whitmore, Hendricks, or Dick at that at, at that pick. Ultimately, it's gonna come down to the front office. Um, but if it was up to me, if Whitmore is there, you take him. If not, I would not mind one bit gambling and taking Dick if he is the guy that you like and fall in love with. I just think this need this team needs shooting so so bad that I feel like Whitmore or Dick are better shooters today. Um, Hendricks has good potential. He can become a great shooter, but for right now, I, I just want shooting and offense man for this team. So Whitmore, Dick, Hendricks will be in that order. Asar Thompson would be number four in that list to me. What about you?
0: See the, the I, I keep going to the same thing. Like I, I that's that's the amazing part about drafting this much later is that. You know, there, there's there's so many solid players. I, I'm I really like this draft. I feel like this is going to be a draft that we're gonna we're gonna follow a lot of these extra players. Very similar to how you still follow Moses Moody and and so <laughs> so follow their careers. Yep. <laughs> um, I, I think we're gonna end up doing a lot of this with some of the players because there's a lot of there's a lot of really really good points that you can make for a lot of these different players. I really like Cam Whitmore. I, I like. I like the intensity. I love the fact that he kind of has that dog um, that you really want in a player, um, especially uh, especially a player that we know for a fact that you know it's it's hard for me to envision a player come and join this team and take the ball away from Franz and Paolo. I, I think that you know we already know that that's where the priority is going to be at, and you want to be able to have players that complement them. And I really don't want to add a player that could take away. Um, that's why I I really like and that's why I'm a big fan uh, of Taylor Hendricks and Grady Dick. Those are my two guys. And just recently, I saw today that, you know, Jonathan Givney he he has Grady Dick listed as a projected top 10 pick. So what does that mean? That means that when we come on, on with our 11th pick, he's not going to be on the board. There's a high chance or likelihood that he's not going to be available. So when we take a look at players and fit, I keep coming back to Grady Dick just having the best fit with these guys. Just his ability to stretch the floor, catch a shoe, put the ball on the floor, um, sneaky athleticism. Like I, I just feel like he is somebody that could really, really complement Franz and Paolo the best. And if you can't get him at 11, if you can't guarantee that you can't get him at 11, then I, I am super on board. And I how long have I been talking about Grady Dick? Psst, months. Very, very early on. Very early on. And I still feel the same way. The Magic have issues with shooting. So draft a shooter. At 6 or 11. If it's not Grady, then you're going to have to bring me Hawkins. Give me somebody. Exactly. Give me somebody that that we can give the ball to, rely, and be able to shoot the ball because we need help in that department. But as of... As of right now, I would pull the trigger on greedy at six if he's not going to be available at eleven.
1: Yeah, if you know for sure that he's going to be gone, I mean, you probably could entertain trading back if you know, like, hey, maybe I don't know, Indiana, Utah, like he'll be there by then. If you have like a really good idea that that's the case, maybe trade trade back if you can. Um, but realistically, if that's your guy, he fit like you said, he fits a need. We've needed shooting so bad in this team. He has a little bit of of France in him and the fact that he can cut off the ball really well too. So I love that. The fact that imagine having France and him on the court at the same time with Paolo and Jalen Suggs and Markell and Wendell and they're just threats to shoot it or threats to cut to the basket for an easy layup. That would be fun. So in my mind, I mean, ideally, you can get him at 11. That would be a dream come true. And you can get a guy like Hendricks at, at, at six. That would be incredible. But if you have some doubts but you like this kid, I'm perfectly fine with that. And I've seen plenty of people on Twitter say that that's the case too, that they will be happy if we we take him at six. There's an understanding that we like him a lot. That's okay. I mean, people may say that we reached for France a few years back and look how it turned out. So I think that if he is your guy, if he fits everything that you have right now, which is shooting, it's scoring, I'm okay with that. We don't need him to come in here and be a first option, a second option. He's got to be a spot-up shooter a guy that cuts to the hoop and gets a, an easy layup or dunk and that competes on the floor. And he, I like that about, if you haven't seen his tape a lot, watch how hard he plays and competes. I like that about him as, as well. So a lot to like. Offensive is good. He's a good shooter. He plays hard. He competes. I, I'm, I'm okay with reaching if we need to.
0: Yeah. Now the funny thing would be is everyone doing all this research on the 6th and 11th pick, talking about the Thompson Twins, Hendr- Hendricks, Cam Whitmore, Grady Dick, all for the Orlando Magic just to end up consolidating these picks and trading to move up and not getting any one of those players. That would be <laughs> one of the most magic things ever. Um, Bleacher Report actually came out with the trade idea that. I looked at it, and I'm like, I, I don't, I don't know if I would necessarily do it, but, man, would I give it some serious thought. Um, and it's the magic trading away Wendell Carter Jr. I'm already starting bad. Wendell Carter Jr., Gary Harris, the number six pick, the number 11th pick to Portland for Anthony Simons and the number three pick. Mm. To me this is know. this is this is really tough. and what makes it tough, is Wendell Carter. Like between the 6-11, Gary Harris, what makes it tough is Wendell Carter. Won the contract. It's always about the contract. When when we talk about Wendell Carter Jr., nine times out of 10, we start that conversation off with (laughs) the fact that we have a crazy, crazy deal on Wendell Carter. The second thing is a lot of our success comes from Wendell Carter's ability to play so well with Paolo, with Franz, with Markel. He's not the biggest center. He's not the biggest big man. A lot of people want him to play the four. But he has his way of of playing bigger than his size. And he's a winner, man. The way that Chicago gave up on him so quick and for him to kind of burst out of that and, and play as well as he's done for us, I, I would be a little disappointed if we traded away Wendell because I feel like we deserve some recognition in terms of of development of Wendell Carter Jr. and giving him, you know, the 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 space and and the room to develop as he has. It would it would hurt. At the same time, you're bringing in Anthony Simons, who is an Orlando kid named after the great Anthony Penny Hardaway, and the number three pick, which could either be Brandon Miller or it could be Scoot Henderson just kind of depending on how the draft ends up going now you do that and man do you have a big problem on your hands ko Anthony, markel folds Jim, so like you have so many so many ball handling guards that it's like what now what do you you thought you had a bunch of guards before what do you what do you do now so from from that regards the trade doesn't make a whole lot of sense because of the players you are giving up if you exactly. wanted to, if you wanted to move Wendell Carter out and implement another player in there, you know that that would make more sense in terms of fit. I just don't know who I would who I would replace with. You know, I'm I'm not I'm not ready to give up on Jalen. We saw so much growth with Jalen Suggs. I enjoy watching Jalen Suggs piss guards off on the defensive end. Like, I enjoy watching that. that. That is fun for me to watch. You know, Cole Anthony, I'm not giving up on Cole Anthony either. I, I when I look at Cole Anthony, I see him as the commander of the second unit. You know, we, we're going to rely a lot on him this upcoming season. And I just, I don't know. But I would definitely, I would definitely keep an eye on it. I would consider it. I would keep it on the desk walk around think about it pace back and forth come back look at it make sure it's real step away and do the same <laughs> thing you know call my inner circle find out what they think about it like i would i would give it serious serious thoughts what about you
1: so it's it's probably one of the few trades that i've seen from bleacher report espn that actually makes you like think about it like wait this is actually not too bad
0: yeah they don't the, they don't have us like absolutely being the crap shoot of losers out of that deal
1: exactly And the reason why is because it makes sense kind of in a way for both teams. Like you got Portland that wants to compete, that wants to put a winner, a winning team around Damian Lillard. So a guy like Wendell fits fits that mold. A guy like Kerry Harris fits that mold. You're getting two additional lottery picks that you can flip for another veteran player if you wanted to. So it kind of makes sense, right? For Portland for us though, to your point, I don't know how you can replace Wendell or get someone of his caliber, unless it's free agency, but, Maybe a guy like Brook Lopez, maybe. But again, older, doesn't really fit what we're trying to do, maybe. Um, and then Simons at a number three pick. That's going to be two guards you're getting there. It's going to be either Scoot, Brandon Miller, and then Simons. So it, I don't know how the fit would be with our team. It would require additional trading of Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs, Markel, someone. Because to your point, it will be a log jam at, at the guard position. So because it gets kind of so messy for us, I don't like it for the magic. I, I think that we're better off building through what we have in Wendell and Gary Harris into two picks and keep going that pattern. Instead of, I, I get it, Simon's a baller. The kid can score, he can play. Whoever, you can get a three, great prospect as well. But I kind of like what we're doing. And this would be kind of shaking it a little bit too much for my liking. I would rather see us continue to build with Wendell, Paulo, Franz, Markel. That's the, kind of the core of the foundation. Everything else around it can be moved, if you ask me. But that would be my holdup. Like, I really wouldn't want to give up Wendell in that scenario. Plus two lottery picks. possibly a veteran that can shoot. It, just my opinion. It would be kind of messy for us, fit-wise.
0: Yeah, but but this is some of the things that, if I'm being 100% honest with you, I really hope the Magic don't trade up. I really don't. Mm-hmm. Selfishly, I hope that we hear rumblings that the Magic are having conversations to trade up. This is an avenue that the Magic should look to do, and the reasons why is because six and eleven—it's a lot of—it's two more rookies that you're adding to this team. We haven't even got to the second round pick. Like the Magic have three picks in this draft, three young guys that you're you're adding on to this team. There's no way that the Magic are doing that. No, you know, I I hope. That we do stay pat. I really, really do. And we draft 6-11 and 11 and kind of just figure it out. Because I do believe that this is the first draft. I've mentioned this before. This is the first draft that you're drafting players specifically to make sure that they fit well with your two main guys. You got Paulo and you got Franz. They're your faces. We know that Markel fits with them. We know that Wendell Carter fits with them. We know that Jalen Suggs fits with them. I wish that he would fit better. I wish he would shoot better. And I see that coming. The issue with Jalen yeah. Suggs has never been mechanics. His mechanics has always been great. It's been solid. It's just inconsistencies. And and we believe that eventually he'll he'll get there. He'll figure it out. We don't want to give up too soon. So I think the Magic should stand pat. Draft six and eleven. I also think that we should hear or even if we don't hear it we should have conversations to try to move up portland they don't want to be the bad guy they don't want to trade away dame lillard the reason why they don't want to trade trade dame lillard say they, they still want to take advantage of damian lillard after he retires it's a big deal for them to be able to put damian lillard's jersey in in the rafters that they'll still be able to do but you, know, you want to be able to have that name associated with Portland for the rest of you know the franchise. And they don't want to be the bad guys, they don't want to end it in a sour note. Um, and I and I think that you know now is is literally the last time that they have the last playoff push to be able to maximize Damian Lillard. And if you're gonna keep him happy, you know, a trade like this makes a whole lot of sense for them because it's the best of both worlds, they're giving Damian Lillard what he wants but they're also bringing in development players for the future. You know, it's the best of both the world's best situation for them. And it's again, something that I wouldn't, I would, I would look at. Don't know if I would do it, but I would definitely look at it.
1: Yeah. I think from, from the Portland side of things, I would definitely consider if I were them, but from the magic man, I don't know. I think that you can get something better. I think I would call Charlotte instead and say, Hey, Charlotte, what can some sort of package with the six, the 11 and whatever we can offer to you, what can that get us? and see what they say because the rumor is that Charlotte and Portland are both kind of entertaining offers to see what they can get for the picks um if you're the magic and you're falling in love with Scoot or Brandon Miller you're like hey we want to move up hey go for it find a way to move up but if you're not really sure and you're okay with a Cam Whitmore or Grady Dick or Taylor Hendricks and someone else stay There's there's no need to but the cool thing is we we have it in our hands. We we can play those games if we want to. We can sit back if we want to and just wait and get the guys to fall to our laps. So, it's exciting in that sense. We don't have to force anything. If something comes to us, take advantage of it.
0: Yeah, and keep in mind, if the Magic did one consolidate these draft picks, we also have that Denver Nuggets, uh, future first round pick that we have. Uh, I believe it's twenty twenty five. Yep. Um, that we'll be able to utilize as well as you know a, a trade chip, and that that Denver Nuggets trade. Uh, excuse me, first round pick. You know, you see how the Nuggets are playing. You see that they're top in top in the NBA. You know, it's not going to be a great draft pick. It's kind of like a fake first round pick. It's more like a second round pick. It's going to be so high up that if you can try to to add that in there as as a sweetener, you know, I'm I'm sure that you know you you we would be able to get something solid out of it. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens, man. The draft again. June twenty second, right around the corner. A lot of different things that can happen. Um, we know where we're at, which was the the first pillar that we needed to fall, so that we we kind of see what where we stand, where we're at. Next is going to be, you know, we us finding out who those one on one, you know, workouts that the Magic will end up bringing in, and hopefully we we get to see some some interviews, specifically with these players in Magic Gear to to kind of see how how that looks like. And, you know, here, here's some, here's some rumblings, man. It, it's too quiet. It's, quiet. it's so, it's so quiet that we struggle. We struggle to put an agenda together. Yeah. But we had no idea like what a, we we're going to talk about.
1: Cody Taylor, who was tracking all the like workouts, uh, prospects are doing with teams and stuff. You you got some teams out there like the Hawks that had like 50 names in there. And you got the magic with one name. <laughs> so the magic front office is locked in, man. They're not letting anything out. Usually around like Always. June 10th, June 15th, when you see some of those prospects come to town, meet the media. Now, keep in mind, when they meet the media, it means we don't want them. Because whenever yeah, we exactly, have these guys exactly. come in,
0: 100%. in the interviews, we
1: never draft them. Uh, think of Paulo last year. Think of J.I. years back. Think of Mo Bamba years back. We, we just don't.
0: We love we, we love we love drafting players that we don't bring in for a workout we don't talk to none of that we did that with paulo bain Carroll. obviously it wasn't it wasn't because of us it was because of him but we did the same thing with jonathan isaac you yep. did not work out jonathan isaac exactly jonathan isaac had no idea surprise so
1: so all that to say whoever you see coming into orlando and, and be introduced to the media read nothing into that if anything <laughs> it could be a, a a plot by our front office to kind of throw people off that's what I've learned over the last few years with this front office. They never give anything away. So I'm excited for it to have some content, to see some interviews and see what's going on. But ultimately it will mean nothing in the end of the day.
0: Yeah. We'll see what happens again. Another week passes by and we're getting closer and closer to that time timeframe. Um, and then that's, that's pretty much it, man. We'll, we'll see what ends up happening. Roll the dice and, and see what, what, what comes up on that note. It, it is a wrap draft. Not that far along. We're almost there, and then we go from who should we draft to then talking about Summer League, man. I can't wait for Summer League basketball. Before me, that, man.
1: who do we sign? Who do we sign? Free
0: agency. absolutely. Yes, sir. Who do we <laughs> sign? Who do we sign? It's rap, man. Appreciate you guys for listening. We'll catch you guys next week. For all the latest magic news and updates, visit OrlandoMagicHQ.com and follow us on Instagram at OrlandoMagicHQ and on Twitter at OMagicHQ. Also, remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel and subscribe and leave a five-star review on your favorite listening platform.